Well, this is Daryl Castle with today's Castle Report. This is Friday, the 23rd day of February in the year of our Lord, 2024. I will be talking about the recent verdict in New York in which Judge Arthur Ingeron imposed a fine against Donald Trump of about $355 million, accelerating the total to about $455 million with interest. The fine was for a verdict of civil fraud. And as the law normally defines fraud, what Trump did was not fraud because no one was injured and there was no victim. The case demonstrates that in New York and certain other Democrat cities, the law is a political weapon, not a protection. I have loved New York for my entire life, at least what I can remember of it. The Yankees, always my team. Mickey Mantle, always my player, my favorite athlete. Of all those who have played there, the icons who have spent the decades there in New York. New York used to be the most exciting, most wondrous place in the world, but that was before the city and state were turned over to those who view the law as nothing but a weapon to be used against political enemies. For purposes of this report, it doesn't matter if you hate Donald Trump, if you think he is a threat to democracy, that he wants to become a dictator, that he tried to overthrow the U.S. government by force or whatever he is in your mind, though what, through whatever lens you view Donald Trump, it is impossible if you are familiar at all with the lawsuits and prosecutions against him to see them as anything but a distortion and a perversion of our legal system to achieve a political goal. A brief review of the, quote, fraud he supposedly committed is roughly like this. A real estate developer builds a building that he says is worth $400 million. <clears throat> he goes to a bank for a loan. The bank does its own due diligence on the building and says, no, it's only worth $200 million. To make sure the bank is safe, we will only loan you $150 million. It's basically just negotiating or haggling. It's done every day in business, up and down the line from the biggest business to the smallest. If you want to sell your house and you value it at $300,000, but the bank says, no, it's only worth $250,000. That is essentially what happened here, just on a much smaller scale. If that scenario I just presented as fraud that every real estate investor across the country should have his assets looted by every corrupt prosecutor and judge in every American city. The other thing I will point out is that fraud normally requires a victim. Someone must be defrauded or lose money. No one lost a penny in any of Trump's deals that were the subject of the lawsuit. In fact, the banks with whom he supposedly committed civil fraud testified in his favor at trial and said they wanted more business from him. Deutsche Bank, which loaned him hundreds of millions of dollars, testified that it always used its own guidelines when making these loans. So New York prosecutor Letitia James contended that Trump deceived lenders and insurers by giving them overstated financial statements. The banks testified that they reviewed the documents and the financial statements and found them to be acceptable. Furthermore, they made money. They lost nothing. They wanted more of Trump's business. Sometimes the banks pegged his net worth lower than he did, but they did not find that to be alarming or even unusual. It is common practice in the real estate world. Even the New York Times said that it could not find a single case in history where this statute was used against an individual or company that left no financial victims. 
So once again, this is not about Trump, but the American system of law and justice. The foremost reason that capitalism works better than socialism or Marxism is that in the American system, individuals have rights. By that, I mean that our system is all about each of us as individuals, not what the collective thinks in theory. If every person in the city and state of New York thinks Donald Trump is a horrible person, he cannot be convicted of anything unless he violates the law. I can't overemphasize that we, as individual people, have rights that the collective cannot legally take from us. That system has now been corrupted, perverted, damaged. To emphasize this, I quote real estate investor and Shark Tank star Kevin O'Leary, quote, I don't care about Trump in this. I care about America. I care about entrepreneurship, and I care about democracy and the fairness. The judicial system is now being criticized. People are asking themselves, the bar of New York, is this judge rational to charge $355 million in a case where no one lost any money? Is that good for the people of New York? Should the people of New York wake up to this and say, what's happening to us? Why is this becoming so perverse? Why are we the focus of this injustice? It has nothing to do with Trump. I'm not supporting Trump. I'm supporting American entrepreneurship, and New York is slowly becoming the number one loser state in America. I'm sorry, that's what's happening, end quote. What have Letitia James, a Democrat Party activist who campaigned on getting Trump, Thought he had committed no crime, sued Trump for civil fraud, and Judge Arthur Ingerin, another Democrat Party activist, went along with the deal from a moral standpoint. Their crimes are far worse than anything Trump was accused of, for they have perverted the entire system of American law and justice. Will their actions damage New York? Undoubtedly, they have damaged New York, but to what extent? Investors are upset, vowing they will no longer do business in New York, which is already suffering from an exodus of high net worth individuals. Quoting Mr. O'Leary once again, quote, it's appalling, it's unjust. I would go far as, so far as to say it's un-American. It doesn't matter what the governor says. New York was already a loser state, like California's a loser state. There are many loser states because of policy, high taxes, uncompetitive regulation. It was already on the top of the list of being a loser state, I would never invest in New York. Now I'm not the only one saying that, end quote. Mr. O'Leary went on to say that if this sticks, every real estate investor must be jailed or put out of business. This decision must therefore be appealed. But this Democrat judge was very clever in what he did under New York law. The entire amount plus interest must be deposited into a court account in order to appeal, and that amounts to about... $455 million, even for Donald Trump, $455 million liquid is very hard to manage without liquidating a lot of assets. Mr. O'Leary also repeatedly said, this is not about Trump. My question then is, if it's not about Trump, then what is it about? It is about sending a message to all those deplorables like me out there taking up space here in America. I don't mean that I'm a MAGA Republican. For most of you know, I'm a member of the Constitution Party, a former presidential candidate for that party. I am, though, a deplorable, as Hillary Clinton defined deplorables. There are millions of us out there who get this message loud and clear. The message I am hearing is that you don't count. You are not getting this country back. We've stolen your country 
and now we will lie, cheat, steal, or anything to keep it. Power is what Leticia, Leticia James and Arthur Ingeron want because with power they can disenfranchise and loot the rest of us who have the courage to disagree with them. What I'm trying to say is that deplorables are ordinary people. They are the truck drivers who say they will take no more loads to New York. These people have no real estate investments. They are not multimillionaires. They are people who work for a living, pay taxes, love their country. They love their country, and their champion is Donald Trump. He is being unfairly looted, and every one of them knows they are not after him, but after them. They heard Trump when he said, they are not after me, they're after you, I'm just in the way. They know in their hearts that he was correct. They feel the hatred in their souls. They feel the hatred of those who are perverse and corrupt but have gained control of the system. They use the system to lie, to cheat, to steal, and they unleash waves of violent crime into the neighborhoods of people like them. These are people who work for a living but haven't been robbed by people in control for decades. They have been robbed for decades. They try to protect themselves by forming unions, but now they discover their unions are part of the corruption, part of the corrupt system. It turns out that the members of the Democrat Party are not the only ones afraid of the champion of the deplorables. A man named Yuval Noah Harari, a high-ranking acolyte of the World Economic Forum recently, was interviewed and asked why Trump is so frightening to them. Quote, if Donald Trump is elected again, it is likely to be the kind of, like the death blow to what remains of the global order. And he says it openly. Now again, it should be clear that many of these politicians, they present a false dichotomy, false binary vision of the world as you have to choose between patriotism and globalism, between being loyal to your nation and being loyal to some kind of, uh, I don't know, global government or whatever, end quote. Well, yes, yes, Mr. Ferrari, that's exactly what we think. And we thank you for articulating it so well we must choose between being loyal to our country. You know, the ones our forefathers fought for, died for, and being loyal to some kind of global government. We choose a country where people are free to own property, free to eat meat. We choose a country where not every natural phenomenon is blamed on climate change, a country where innocent people are free to go about their lives without being persecuted and looted by those in power. Oh, how I wish that Donald Trump was the person Leticia James, Arthur Ingeron, and the like seem to think he is. I could certainly get behind that man if he were just ideologically committed to something so that I could see what it is. He is very committed to the aggrandizement of his own ego, but sometimes he doesn't seem to understand there is a political and legal system going back 250 years that has to be protected for future generations. Journalists, real journalists, used to dig out such information and inform us about it. Journalism at its best makes the powerful accountable. But when journalism is also corrupt, any real journalist is also attacked, such as Tucker Carlson and Julian Assange. Journalism now sees its job as not informing the public of the truth, but in deceiving the public into believing any lie the power structure wants them to believe. That system is not journalism, but propaganda, which has been with us as long as humans have been around for one reason. One reason only. It works. How can people stand for this? There is no shame, no sense of responsibility in the Department of Justice. 
or the media which is tasked with holding it accountable. How can people stand to see the entire system so callously stolen from them? Finally, folks, Donald Trump apparently deserves a lot more respect than I've been willing to give him thus far. Maybe he is the anti-globals, the anti-illegal immigration champion of ordinary people that they seem to think he is. If that is true, then I see why Democrats and the establishment Republicans are terrified of MAGA. At least that's the way I see it. Till next time, folks, this is Daryl Castle. Thanks for listening.